All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a freebie for you. Um, 20 minutes or so, but um, you should listen to the whole thing. And the only way that you can listen to the whole thing is if you go to wethefifth.substack.com and subscribe so I don't have to get a real job. Um, and if you go over and subscribe and listen to this episode, I promise you one thing, that this is one of the greatest episodes that we've ever recorded, primarily because we talk about the boneless hand of Harold Bloom. But more than anything, at the end of this episode, there is a very, very serious deconstruction of two songs um, from about 20 years ago. The Silk song, Freak Me. Let me look you up and down until you say stop. That's the one I'm talking about. And uh, Sade's Smooth Operator. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, why you would pay for this podcast. Beyond politics, beyond the culture wars, beyond the controversies <laughs> about the movie Oppenheimer, which we discuss, um, Smooth Operator and Freak Me. So go sign up, wethefifth.substack.com, and hear the whole thing. We love you all. We, 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 we know of new methods. Yeah, you could do that countdown attack. like it's uh, Oppenheimer. Mm. Mm. The Trojan Boom. Horse. Boom. The Fifth Column. You see that movie? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a, actually my my uh, uh, no good bored at anything over 90 minutes. Uh, 15 year old daughter wants to go see it. What? With Dad. Seriously? I need to hear about this when it happens. When is this going to happen? Uh, I don't know, but I want to go see the IMAX version because, well, like, why you, are we? You need to. Get, you why to. are we even yeah. here? You need so to. Did you guys see it? And, and you know what? The one you need to go to is a, the Lincoln Center one. It's the best one in the city. Oh, okay. It's the yeah. nice, biggest one. Sure. Nolan has recommended that. I suspect it is sold the hell out forever and ever, but go on yeah, Fandango it, now. It's if you on film, too, by the way. The IMAX is film. It's a 70 millimeter print. It's preposterously you can hear long. hear the yeah. projector going, which I used to remember that sound. And like, yeah. oh shit, the projector's going. But I would say that Camille and I have um, evidence that your ADHD adult daughter mm -hmm. will still be into it. Because when we were at the beginning of this film, we were sitting there. It's, you know, one of whatever, 14, I guess, theaters that are playing it in the 70 millimeter print. And, you know, we're seeing it in Pennsylvania because we're mm -hmm. going to the fire thing, which we can talk about. Um, and Camille makes a comment at the beginning because there's a bunch of fucking young, like wrestling team, bro, high school kids. <laughs> like, Yo, fucking like walking in. As soon as and they walked in. As soon as yeah. they walked in, like, fucking Joe, what's up? What's up? my dick. Fucking Joe. And they're like, oh my God, here we go. They're going to be like into the atomic bomb issue now. <laughs> um, they were uh, quiet the whole yes, movie. Yes, Didn't walk out. All filed out somberly at the end. Like, it's crazy. Like, it Yeah, just it's amazing. Nobody talks in the theater. High school students. Because yeah. usually I go to the Magic Johnson Theater and there's a whole lot of talking and I can't figure out what the difference <laughs> is or why that would happen. There's, but it didn't happen No here. differences. Don't you press that button. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't go in there, no, girl. No, no, no. <laughs> don't go to Hiroshima. It's going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It was Ooh, a nice, it was a nice experience. That's a bad idea. <laughs> there was, it was the case that about a third of the people in the audience, though, were wearing tiaras and like yes. pink sequin t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was a little surprised to see that. But I do know a lot of people That's did the Barbie awesome. Oppenheimer double yeah, feature. Yeah. 
Well, the funny thing is I saw uh, mentioned by many people very upset about this. I mean, I can imagine getting upset about a movie that the word patriarchy is mentioned like a couple dozen times or something. In the Barbie movie? And it was really funny because they apparently saw that movie first. And I was like, girls, you're about to see the patriarchy in action. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of men making some pretty destructive stuff. Also, Matt, you should be prepared for the nudity. There is like a lot of nudity. Well, I saw, uh, I saw There's no dongs though. Is there no dongs? No dongs. They, initially it was reported that there was a dong in there, but no, dongs. I, w- I could imagine they maybe cut it because Killian was, uh, he was naked too, but yeah, I watched uh, eight mile with easy cause she's a huge Eminem fan for obvious reasons. And, oh, uh, okay. and so I'm like, you know, you should see eight miles. It's a really good movie. Uh, and she liked it. I thought, thought it was too slow cause of the ADHD and stuff, but I'd forgotten about eight mile yeah. cause it's long enough ago that that's back when mm-hmm. people used to have sex in movies. And yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. a long scene. Is there? And I forgot about sit that there, too. The then 14 year old and like, God, I wish they'd stop just fucking in the factory. I'd like, just like something else. <laughs> like go play foot, some touch yeah, football. No, with the, with the, with the dead Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Right. Who they, she then became yeah, obsessed his, with. So his, that, none of that was helpful. Um, that's. Wait, yeah, who died like a long time ago. Is that right? Yeah. There's like, wait, 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 it's man. a secret death uh, or like it's a mysterious death. And I think her boyfriend also died um, under mysterious circumstances. And there's like a really either, you know, a usual Netflix kind of like whatever happened to a uh, documentary about it from uh, what I remember at the time. Looking yeah. At it. yeah. Yeah. The, the, the tragic de- uh, yeah, death of Brittany Murphy in 2009. 2009. How did I not know that? I don't know. I must yeah. have known. I think it was not it was myocarditis from the from uh, the COVID. Yeah, she got the vaccine. She got the vaccine early the COVID vaccine. in two thousand nine. Yeah. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She got the malaria vaccine. I mean, no one was dying. <laughs> Young people just didn't well, die. Bill before. Gates had to test it on someone. Yeah. 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 This was the dry yeah. run before they actually released COVID and started vaccinating all of yeah. us. Because nobody yeah. died of any heart related complications before the vaccine. Just never happened. Never. Uh. Uh-uh. But, um, oh, by the um, way, so Oppenheimer, yeah. we can't yeah, we talk, talk too about, about this because we got a Matt who's got to see yeah. it. Yeah. But this isn't about. Well, you don't want to spoil the end for Matt. I think, no, no, no. I, I don't think I know what happened. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But honestly, I thought he did too. The Japanese won. Really? <laughs> yeah. They were like, <laughs> okay, Dick really? was right. Yeah. 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 I was going to do a Japanese accent, but oh, I'm not allowed man. to. man. Yeah. If I did though, just, I, I assure you, it'd be funny. <laughs> if you want to, get, if you get five friends to subscribe. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's like getting health insurance at Starbucks. You have to be there for like three months. You can't just get, get it. So you can get the, That's right. get the uh, procedure done and they sustain for three months. I will send you a voice note of me reviewing <laughs> Oppenheimer in a you Japanese will not. You absolutely won't stop making, by the way, if you give me enough money, I'll do most anything. I'm essentially like a, like a porn star. I will just like, sure. I'll do it. If it's enough money. Um, <laughs> I told you guys before, but since the subject came up, my uh, older sister, God bless her, a uh, classical pianist of some repute. Uh, also, you know, older, came from a different uh, era of humor back in the mm-hmm. 70s, and her version of a Japanese accent is doing the song Yesterday is just oh, yeah. about the funniest thing. Which I don't think, I don't think yes. she does it anymore. Uh, she might also respond to financial back in uh, the, incentives. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there were a lot of, like, unfortunate versions of songs uh, that had, like, racist... Um, I remember a... Um, a uh, anti-Semitic one that was um, going around. People were singing this all the time. That was to Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. What was the um, chorus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, 
I, it just, it's, I can't say it because it's, it's, Are they it's, like, un, it's offensive. Oh, I can. You know, we have rabbis listen to the show and they rabbis need to know. that I really respect and have a, no, they don't need to hear this. They don't need to hear this. The Jewish people have been through too much <laughs> to hear an Eddie Grant, <laughs> anti-Semitic version of an Eddie Grant Electric Avenue. But if um, you want to, uh, if you oh, want to see some really good uh, uh, DIY art uh, in American history, uh, go and Google, and you have to use YouTube because none of it's on Spotify. Of all of the anti-Iran uh, 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 songs, mm-hmm. especially punk rock songs that came in 1979 oh, yeah, after the sure. hostages, like I think only one of them is on Spotify. But there's like scores and scores of just like filthy anti-Iranian songs that are almost all hilarious. So go check them out. There was a kid named Rob that I went to school with who t- who turned out, by the way, to be he joined the uh, Air Force. And like, he's like a high ranking guy, I think in the uh, Korean peninsula now. Um, he was the guy that was always going to join him. He was a bit crazy. But I remember when he was in sixth or seventh grade, he came to school with a yellow anti Qaddafi t-shirt on. <laughs> it had him like, as like, like Daffy Duckers, like Qaddafi Duck or something. And I just remember him wearing this. And I was like, wow, that's an aggressive, <laughs> like you got, you went and bought like, as like a 12 year old, like fuck this Qaddafi guy and bought a anti Qaddafi t-shirt. I'm sure it exists somewhere on, on the internet. How old were you but, when um, you first started wearing your solidarity shirt, Moynihan? Um, it was internet time because okay. you couldn't find those. And I remember seeing someone in one and I was like, I wonder if I could find that in the internet, this new, and I found one on the internet and I might've shipped from Poland, but, um, <laughs> but now you can get it at like any of these shitty, you know, screen printing places. But I just want to say mm-hmm. one thing. Um, yeah. We have to talk a little bit more up, up before we move Greg away. Mitchell. Yeah. Do you remember him, Matt? Yeah, he was, yeah, I do. Um, he's a, like a rancid lefty media commentator. Yeah, yeah. He's one not, of the not most rancid anno- because he's lefty. We're no, no, I'm just no, no rancid because he's there are rancid righties, <laughs> ran, rancid lefties, but he happens to be a rancid lefty. But Camille sent um, his <laughs> his interview on Democracy Now, which yeah. I can't like. By the way, Amy Goodwin uh, G- Goodman came out of her mother's vagina, sixty five years old, <laughs> and she's never not been. <laughs> She has like that white salt and pepper hair, and she's like, you know, I mean, she's like a caricature, like an SNL caricature of like the woman who lives in like New Paltz and, you know, and like goes to like the bead shop or something. But she's, she's um, interviewing uh, Greg Mitchell about Oppenheimer. And I just, I advise people to watch it, not because there's any insight in it whatsoever. But it is like literally this man is probably nearing the twilight of his life. He's probably in his 70s. And he still hasn't learned the basic lesson um, that you don't review a film and say, why didn't you make the film that I wanted to see? You have to review the film under review. And he's like, you know, they didn't show, um, you know, victims in Japan. Like, wait, what? I'm sorry, what? They didn't show people on the ground in Hiroshima? It's like, that's not what the movie's about. It's not about the actual bombing mm-hmm. <laughs> of Hiroshima <laughs> and Nagasaki in the latter kind of, not half, but quarter, is about, you know, Oppenheimer's famous reluctance to work on the hydrogen bomb. And it's this kind of moral thing, and it's not drawn out, right? So there's a bit, and this is, again, not giving anything away, in which they see images from the destruction which they've wrought, which their creation has wrought. And it just shows their faces, right? Because they're, sh- they're seeing this in Los Alamos when the, when the film comes back of what happened on the ground. And this kind of, everything's been kind of vaporized. 
And it's just this, these looks that you see. And Greg Mitchell's just like, well, why didn't they show the, pe- the people? Why didn't they show the victims and their skin boiling off? And it's mm-hmm. like, you don't understand art, do you? It's like, you're so obsessed with politics and you're such a propagandist that you're like, you need to be teaching people. You're not even making art at all. It's like very evocative. And, you know, the only spoiler, I mean, you know what happens, but the only spoiler I'll give you, Matt, is that when the, the, um, the um, Trinity test is uh, conducted at Los Alamos very famously when they blow up the bomb in the desert. There is a unbelievable moment of extended moment of silence in the film. And it's really powerful. It's really, really well done. And like Greg Mitchell is like scratching his fucking gross hippie beard going, (laughs) well, you know, right then I would really wish they would have, you know, talked about, uh, why they were actually doing the bomb, trying to scare the Soviets, not actually trying to end mm-hmm. the war. It's like, honestly, shut the fuck up <laughs> and realize that this is not a book, a history book. That's not what it is, okay? It's not a history book. It is a film mm-hmm. that uses history as the backbone of a story about a man's moral dilemma, you know, that that is obviously going to rise from the creation of something so spectacular and horrible. And you have these fucking idiots. And by the way, it's an anti-nuke movie. It's, it's, it is in which Nolan says it's like, it's a warning. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's not kind of, it's not finger wagging enough for these dickheads that are like, no, no, you don't, don't, please don't make that movie. I want you to make the movie that I want to see which is a preachy kind of Soviet movie. These are people who have been done very well in East Germany or the Soviet Union where the film studios made like, like hit them over the head with a hammer propaganda. Instrumental. And that's what they're looking for. It's really fucking I should, uh, I should, you know, uh, I'm compelled to disclose that uh, Nick Gillespie on, uh, on a Monday podcast that shall go nameless uh, was critical of the movie because it didn't show the suffering of the people in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Michael Moynihan, said that we're not a serious country. (laughs) Nick said that? (laughs) No, he's wrong. No, that's that's too bad that Nick's wrong about that. <laughs> well, I'll have to have him on and tell him he's wrong. wrong. Yeah, I mean that's not the point. That's not what the movie's about. Yeah. It's a different movie. It's just yeah. a different movie. It's it's the, the point is not. I said the movie's not about the bomb, per se. It's about it's about a man's kind of. I mean, by the way, it's also Mitchell actually does make one point that is worth. But he he says it in an angry way. Is that Oppenheimer like always defended? the use of the bomb, mm-hmm. uh, which he did. And I mean, he was very, he, he was, he had some qualms about it being used on a largely civilian target, but he defended even later in his life, like tactical battlefield nuclear weapons. He just didn't want them dropped on cities full of civilians. I mean, it, 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 he did have that kind of question, but um, you know, he, he wants a film about about Leo Szilard is basically what he wants. Who is another Hungarian, um, a Hungarian Jew who worked on the. And by the way, the Jewishness is very important. It's not. I'm not pointing that for any, because the moral issue became stark because the Germans surrendered. They didn't get the bomb in time because these were all refugees. I mean, Leo Szilard left uh, Germany for. Uh, I mean, Hungary and, and Europe for that reason. Um, and these are people that are appalled by the institutionalized anti-Semitism of, of, of the Third Reich and the Holocaust that they know is kind of happening. 
And then all of a sudden you have to use it on the Japanese. And it's like, oh, okay, well, wait a second. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. Um, but uh, in Leo Zillard, the m most annoying thing about the film is that everybody mispronounces Leo Zillard's name, um, which I don't... It's How do they pronounce it? Odd. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Um, Zillard? I think they say Zillard, hmm. which I've never heard anyone say. Uh, I thought the point of the movie is, or the point of the history of the movie is that they dropped uh, the bomb when they knew surrender was coming because they'd spent all this money developing it <laughs> and to prove that it was worth it. And that you must've heard that from a genius from historian. historian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which historian said that? <laughs> this is somebody named Ida Bay Wells. I'm seeing here. Oh, she's a great historian. Uh, and Hannah Jones, a re retired mm -hmm. journalist who, uh, Mm. Uh, talks. Do you say retarded? No, retired. Retired. <laughs> no. no. Oh, oh, Special needs journalist. That. I'm, not, That's I'm actually not making a joke. I was like, Jesus, do you want me to cut that? <laughs> Good God, man. <laughs> I, my, my theory now is that she is to like moments of historical dis discussion what Felicia Sumnez is to any discussion of uh, sexual assault allegations. Just like, mm. here's an opportunity to inject myself into a story by saying something that that's going to make people go crazy because it's crazy. <laughs> like they Wasn't, can't help. Didn't she or say like, something condescending? Or like that? Elon Musk actually uh, with the uh, fucking yes. Bronny James, uh, you know, having cardiac arrest today. Like we said, wait, we set our watch. What did he say? And uh, um, I have the Elon in front of me on our oh. never ending text string. Uh, it is, uh, we cannot ascribe we cannot ascribe everything to the vaccine, but by the same token, we cannot ascribe oh nothing. My God. Uh, myocarditis I mean, is a known side effect. The only question is whether it is rare or common. But by the way, <laughs> that I mean, I, I, you know, I think that Elon gets a gets a is treated in an unfair way sometimes. Yes, that is not that is really stupid don't do say. that don't do that to say that it you know it might not be my carnitis but it has to be something <laughs> <laughs> well yeah of course it has to be something it's cardiac arrest uh, yeah, yeah I mean, it could be i mean he could have lend biased himself into a cardiac arrest he could have have a congenital heart disorder a problem that he didn't know Hank about I, mean, I found out that i had a hole in my heart three from birth three years ago so that was told to me by yeah, hole yeah. In your heart? i was like huh really yeah yeah i mean which you can tell by how i treat women but <laughs> there's mostly this is an actual loving physical, yeah. physical. I, yeah i thought he yeah. was like being metaphorical I yeah was like, i know i know i should treat them better and he's like no no, no you literally have a hole in your heart <laughs> Oh my we God. had a babysitter growing uh, up with a I, hole in her heart. And uh, so we always thought yeah. like, okay, if we're bad enough, she's going to croak right, right here. So that was our, so you were trying to murder her. Is what yes. That's what I'm uh, ex oh my explicitly God. trying to say. Jeez. Hey, did you know about this? I was trying to find that um, Ida Bay Wells. Do you mm. see she's using, she's using Bay because it's a slang term. <laughs> I see. I see what she did. Yeah, you see what she did there? It's yeah. like a slang term that is also, now. the Beyonce reference. Yeah. yeah it's it's kind she's of, the Beyonce of journalism. That yes, is what she's yeah. referred to herself as, and which, that's already a played out word. It's like using the word deaf. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is deaf. It's okay. deaf, yo. Yeah, it's deaf, yo. Okay, here's but I found something a different uh, tweet. I hadn't mm -hmm. seen this one before. Um, similar subject because I was searching for the Hiroshima tweet. Mm -hmm. Feeling ashamed of shameful things is not bad. Great sentence. <laughs> B a capital letter B a d. 
It's called being an empathetic and moral human being. Mm. Not really. Mm. Shame helps us do better. When I visited the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum about the impact of the U.S.'s atomic bomb, as an American, I felt shame. (laughs) (laughs) This is American exceptionalism. Justify anything. No ladder, I think she means matter, how craven and barbaric because America is the greatest country on earth. I I just want to say something very briefly. And I'm totally serious about this. I'm not just being a jerk. She is the dumbest person in journalism. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Like, I, I, is there anyone dumber than her? I th- and I, the reason I point that out is she, she may be the, the most prominent of the, like, most prominent people. No, she's the dumbest handsome. <laughs> like, Don't try to fuck with across me the board, there across are the board, there are worse. You know why? Because there. she's literally been labeled a genius. <laughs> a MacArthur genius. That yeah. is, like, honestly, it's like giving an Academy Award to, like, Hot Dog the Movie or something. It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not. Police Academy 6 is coming up for best picture. Oh, <laughs> Unbelievable. man. Oh, I don't, we don't have to talk about her anymore, but uh, re-oppenheimer. She's a genius. We can't talk about her. <laughs> I, um, I did have a conversation with uh, two of my new colleagues, and I suppose for some of you, this will be news for you, that I, I have a new gig. Um, and I am still very much affiliated with Freethink and feel still very much excited about the future of Freethink. I'm on the board, et cetera, et cetera. I've, I've already talked to my comrades there, so they know how I feel about them. But I, I just want to be sure that's clear. But I'm also really, really excited to be moving over to Founders Fund. I'm actually changing coasts in order to work in the office every day. I'll be the uh, head of content there, uh, which is an interesting title, but it, I think is pretty descriptive of the kind of stuff I'll be doing. Uh, but I just recorded a podcast with uh, my new colleagues, Mike Solana and Trey Stevens, uh, about Oppenheimer. And I mentioned you, Moynihan, because mm-hmm. I mentioned the fact that we went together. And I also mentioned, and I, I didn't warn you about this in advance, and I haven't even asked you about it, um, that at a moment, I thought I saw you get a little emotional and kind of like brush a tear away from your eye. And I couldn't tell. Did I? Yeah, yeah. You I think just I was eat. trying to. I felt like actually. <laughs> <laughs> we both did. Well, it was it was at a, a peak moment, like after the bomb had dropped, and it was very it was very wrenching, and I couldn't tell if it was because you were like, "Yeah, we got him," or or if it was like, "Wow, wow." Wow. I was te- it was tears of anger that they didn't show the Japanese yeah. being <laughs> melted, liquefied by the bomb, which is what you can't understand anything unless you see it. Yeah, um, well, I don't remember one that. person who wow. had their like skin melting off in in one of these scenes, and I I, yes. I remember thinking at the time just how potent it was to only have it be you know these few images of the kind of mm-hmm. carnage that is induced as a result of the bomb, and have them just kind of sprinkled in there at these moments that you weren't really expecting. Um, and that it, it was, it was shocking. Like it really was shocking in the way it was used. And there's something about creating this entire scene of the horrible apocalypse um, of the, the nuclear bombs dropping. Like most of us have seen those scenes before. And I don't yeah. know that recreating that there's a, a point in which it, you almost become numb to it. There, yeah. there is something about the normalcy of most of the scenes in the film, like kind of ordinary places, so to speak. Um, it's still like beautifully shot. The the miraculous beautifully vistas shot, yeah. of like Santa Fe, New Mexico, etc., just great. Um, but. <laughs>